Jeff Katz, News Radio 1140 WRVA. It is a uh, Thursday afternoon. And uh, Dr. Ben Carson, who is the Secretary of Housing and Urban Development, is now under attack. Now, I know what you're thinking. That's nothing new, right? He was beaten up pretty, pretty well during the uh, Republican primary. Eh, some of it, in all fairness, was because he said some stuff that just seemed uh, crazy sometimes. But I, I overall kind of like him. I don't know that I wanted him to be president. Well, I didn't want him to be president. But I, I thought he was okay. And my background with Dr. Ben Carson really had nothing to do with his political stuff. Many years ago, I was in a uh, class where they were talking about plasticity of the brain. Uh, you know, my, my, my field of interest in large part is uh, psychology, human services, and helping the disabled. And so I, I'm fascinated by this sort of stuff, and I've studied it a lot. I've taken a lot of classes on it. That's my educational background, such as it is. And uh, so I was in this one particular class, and it was talking about the actual physical brain and the different parts of the brain. And, you know, there's some things that happen where we have fight or flight. And so there's a particular part of the brain that governs that activity. And higher thought is addressed in another part of the brain. And motor skills are addressed in another part of the brain. And we hear about right brain, left brain, all that sort of stuff. So I'm in this class. And then the subject uh, changes, if you will, to plasticity. And plasticity, when you boil it down, simply means that the brain this is, number one, it's an amazing thing. It's an amazing organ. It's an amazing invention, device, creature. I mean, whatever you want to call it. It is just amazing. And so plasticity in the brain occurs... When a certain part of the brain is damaged and can't perform the functions that it ordinarily performs. This theory of plasticity or science of plasticity or whatever the proper terminology would be basically means that other parts of the brain start picking up the slack. Doesn't always happen and there's some ways that it's addressed and I'm not going to get into all of that. But Dr. Ben Carson was operating on children right people forget that he, he absolutely was a uh, a neurosurgeon he was quite literally a brain surgeon but he specialized in pediatric brain surgery and this particular case that was presented where he was performing the surgery and he was in surgery probably for 12 hours think about that think about the uh, the strength that you have to have to be in surgery for 12 hours, not just the physical part of just standing on your feet, for goodness sakes. But being so focused and using such um, tiny little tools. and So he had to essentially rewire a couple of brains. Conjoined twins, if memory serves, that essentially shared one brain. So what do you do? Well, you can separate them. Now, each of them has half a brain. What sort of a life do they have? What, can, what sort of, what sort of uh, functionality will be achieved? 
And that's when Dr. Carson started speaking about plasticity in the brain. Well, long story short, he performs the surgery, and we watch a a good chunk of it. Not 12 hours, but, you know, a good chunk of it. And he's talking about the plasticity portion of the brain and how each of these girls will be just fine. Because the brain itself will say, hmm, looks like we're missing half our brain. Now what are we going to do? When they were young, and the brain in each of them essentially said, well, looks like we're missing uh, slots A, B, and C. All right, D, E, and F, step up. Step up your game. You got to do this and that, even though you don't normally do that. The bottom line is that both of these girls were just fine. And that's what was so amazing about it. So that, that's where I know Dr. Ben Carson from. Long way around of saying that. It's not till years later that I see he's running for president. I had no idea what his politics were. Couldn't possibly have told you. All I knew is that he was a world-class pediatric neurologist and neurosurgeon heading up the department at Johns Hopkins. Sorry, doesn't get much better than that. Ben Carson comes from a brutal inner-city poverty-stricken neighborhood. He had nothing. The quintessential, he didn't have a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out of. You've heard that expression? Well, if you haven't, now you've heard it. As poor as you could be. And he's grown up to achieve great things. So Ben Carson is chatting the other day. And he says that parents need to instill in their children, quote, the mindset of a winner. He says that poverty is a state of mind. If you take somebody with the wrong mindset, Carson says, you can give them everything in the world. And they will work their way back down to the bottom. I think the majority of people don't have that defeatist attitude, but they sometimes just don't see the way. And that's where government can come in and be very helpful. So Ben Carson now, who also said that he'd like to change the name of his department from housing and urban development to housing and community development, because he says uh, the, the work they do is not just in the cities or urban areas, but it's, it's all across America. It's in small towns. It's in rural areas. But he says poverty is a mindset. It's a state of mind. And that parents need to instill in their children the mindset of a winner. So he's under attack for that. Anybody ever been poor? I mean, like, really poor. I don't mean poor like, oh, I only have three pairs of shoes to choose from. I mean poor like, yeah, I've got one pair of shoes and they were somebody else's before I got them. And they will be somebody else's after I'm done with them. Because that's poor. See, that's... That's where I come from. I, I, too, came from the inner city. I, too, came from a neighborhood where we had nothing. I don't mean a little bit. I mean nothing. We were poor. So I get poor. I get poverty. Totally. And I agree with them that many times poverty entails a state of mind as well as a financial situation. And I agree with them that we need to instill in our children the mindset of a winner. Anybody else who has been legitimately poor, anybody else who has lived in poverty, who wants to offer a take on Ben Carson who says poverty is a state of mind. Anybody who's been able to pull themselves up, anybody else who's had somebody, I don't know, give them a hand up. 
But if you've got that qualification, I want to hear from you. Growing up, damn poor, uh, I agree with them. I agree with them completely. Yes, there's clearly a financial component, but there's, there is a, a mindset that goes along with poverty. Rob is down in Midlothian. Hey, Rob, welcome to News Radio 1140 WRVA. Thank you. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, uh, the way I grew up, you know, I grew up poor. I grew up in Tennessee, um, quite literally the house, the first house that I can remember living in. During the wintertime, you could see through the cracks in the floor to see the dogs trying to come, come under the house mm-hmm. to live. Um, you know, my family, you know, I didn't like living that way. So when I came time for me to get out of high school, I went to college. I paid my own way. I worked full-time. took me six years to graduate, but I graduated. Yep. I was an idiot. I got a degree that I couldn't make a living off of. I got an art degree. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to laugh out loud where you could hear, but seriously, an art degree? I, hey, again, I agree with you. I was, (laughs) I was, I was was young and dumb. What can I say? But uh, (laughs) from the art degree, I went into the Marine Corps. Oh, good for you. Marine Corps. I tore up one of my knees. I couldn't do that anymore. I got out, got into law enforcement. Okay. Uh, the, The knee that I tore up, I couldn't do that. Got into retail, and now I manage a uh, retail store that makes a few million dollars a year. And I don't get all of that, but I get a piece as well enough that I live I live comfortably. Even because right. I didn't want to be yeah a slave well, to this mentality that you that somebody else has to give it to you. I went out and took it myself. Hey Rob, no, all right. So so what's the name of the store? We want to send people there. Um, tractor Supply Company. Tractor Supply Company. All right, I'm full up on tractors myself, but all right, Tractor Supply Company. Go and see Rob. He's the guy with the bad knee who overcame that and a whole bunch of other stuff and is doing well. Thank you, Rob. I appreciate the call. Bob, welcome to uh, News Radio 1140, WRVA. I think it is a state of mind. Yeah, you know? yeah. And you overcome everything, just like your previous caller, you know, where he had worked his way through college, same with me. Grew up in New Jersey, poor, right outside New York City, um, and really had had nothing going. And then, you know, worked my way through college, worked up, and never take no for an answer. Keep going. I, I live a, a great life. I got a, you know, good job. Yep. Worked my way through it. Well, there you go. Bob, I appreciate the call. Here's a uh, great text comes in. Uh says, hey, Jeff, this Irish Jew was born into Hell's Kitchen, New York. We were so poor we couldn't pay attention. My father, however, was determined to get us out of the Irish ghetto, and we did eventually get to move to the suburbs of Long Island with both my parents working. My parents taught me that the only way to survive poverty was to work your way out of it and stay out of it. She's right. She's absolutely right. You know what's funny is I'm looking at all the people who are outraged that Ben Carson said that poverty was a state of mind. All these people are fabulously wealthy people born with uh, trust funds and silver spoons. Those of us who were born into poverty, those of us who lived in poverty, totally get what he's saying. But people who have always lived in McMansions or real mansions, who have always summered somewhere. See, we summered in exactly the same place we wintered. There wasn't any, uh, you know, moving. We totally get what he's saying. It's just folks who have a lot of money today, who have always had a lot of money, they don't get it. And they're sure that he's a terrible guy and he's being mean and nasty. But again, they haven't walked in his shoes. He's a kid who came from the inner city, public housing projects, and uh, did 
exactly what he was supposed to do, right? Jim says, hey, Jeff, uh, I was not so poor that I had to share shoes, but I never owned more than one pair at a time. I did have blue jeans, however, that were hemmed and then let out so you could tell where the fade began and ended. Oh, I know that. Yeah, you, you didn't go and get a brand new pair of jeans. You, you, they were let out and, and the legs were lengthened or taken up, whatever it was, until they, you just couldn't wear them anymore. Anyway, he also said, Jim also says, I also received free school lunches and other public assistance. But for as long as I could remember, it was just assumed I would do well in school and go to college. I remember asking my mom why there was such an assumption, and she just said I was supposed to do better than what she could provide. I never knew I was poor until I was older, but I always knew more what is expected of me. It truly is a mindset for many people. That's uh, Jim. Now, Jim, by the way, is a big-time attorney now. He's got, a, he's got offices all over the uh, Commonwealth of Virginia, so I'd say he's doing pretty well, you know? Uh, Patrick... Uh, weighing in on the uh, the whole cultural appropriation of food. This is Jeff. Uh, I called you a little bit earlier today about pizza being invented in California. But I have to tell you, something more important came up while I was on hold. I was over at Glen Allen High School today to pick up my daughter. Parking lot was loaded with Henrico County police cars. I saw one that was wrapped in police tape. So I thought that some punk kid or kids had done that and they were investigating. It turns out school resource officer, Officer Burton, is retiring. His last day is tomorrow, so someone wanted to send him off with a smile. Thought you'd enjoy it? Well, I do. And he also sent me a few few photos. So, uh, Officer Burton, the school resource officer over at uh, Glen Allen High School, who turns in his badge tomorrow and retires. I wish him well. I wish him a long, happy, healthy retirement. That, uh, That should be good. That should be good.